0: K M T T Timitzion Torah. This is Ezra Beck, and we're in the eighth shiur of the series on the the thirteen attributes of mercy. Today's midah, uh, which is the ninth midah, the ninth attribute, nozer Chesed LaAlafim. And here I simply want to understand what does the word nozer mean. As well as the word chesed and the word la'alafim. Rashi says on this pasok, notzer chesed, Rashi adds, Shahadam asa lefanav. Rashi assumes you know what the word notzer means. The simple explanation of the word notzer is to, to keep, lishmor, or to preserve. So Nutzer Chesed, Rashi says, which Chesed? Chesed shehadam asalifana. The Chesed which a man, man has done before him, before God. In other words, Rashi is trying to tell you that the word Chesed here is not God's Chesed. The entire attribute is an attribute of Chesed. But what is the attribute of Chesed? That God keeps, preserves, the Chesed which man does before him. Now, the usual explanation, I think, or the simple explanation, is that this is what we also call the merit of the fathers. Some point in the past, our forefathers or someone else has done an act of chesed or other mitzvah. And God uh, remembers and continues to, to pay, continues to give reward to his children. For many generations. That's what the Svana says in this pasuk. He says, what is not seh lafim Shomer shuta avot bishvilabanim. And then it's more or less what we say in Davening, In Shmaneswah, Socher Chaste Avot. He remembers the chesed of the forefathers, who um, may and therefore he will bring the redeemer to their children's children. However, I, I think we should pay attention to the word notzer. There's a basic difference between zocher, zocher Remembering and Shomer or Notzer Preserving Remembering is something you do about the past something that's in the past but not in the present. It's gone and it remains only in memory Shmirah, preservation, refers specifically to something which is present in the present, because you preserved it. It's not merely a memory. It's not a way of referring or relating to the past. But it's about the present. I should also point out that the word uh, Chesed here, requires some bit of an explanation since after all if we're talking about simply the merit of the fathers then why only the mitzvot which could be called chesed there are other good deeds other mitzvot which Avraham or Yitzchak or Yaakov would have done and even though they don't fall under the rubric of chesed but if they were good deeds and, and God gives reward for the good deeds and he also rewards the children he also pays back the reward of the fathers to the children so why is the word chesed used here I think there's a difference between No-Tzer Chesed and Zorcher Chesed. And let me try and explain. The idea of Zorcher Chesed, I think, or the idea of Zorcher in general, we say, God, remembers Zorcher for us. I think it's parallel to the notion which appears in the end of the pasuk on which you will be not based. Poked avon avot. (laughs) God also uh, will impose. He will remember. Poked means the same as zocher. He will remember the sins of the fathers to the children. I think in both cases. There's a certain amount of logic, in truth a difficult logic. We have some problems with it, but we understand it, we also understand why it's problematic. There's a certain logic that says that if God owes, meaning a person has done something worthy of merit, worthy of reward, not just God, let's say by us as well. If someone has done a service to 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 society or to me personally, and in his lifetime I didn't I didn't really discharge the debt I have. So then I discharge it to the children. Yeah, then it's a little bit problematic because you feel oh, why should this person, this child who is not deserving on his own, why should he get better treatment than somebody else? I think because there is some tension involved in this moral tension, involved in this principle so Chazal's answer to this question was to say <laughs> the Chazal say we have one passage that says uh, God remembers and calls into account the sins of the fathers. Another verse that says, that fathers are not killed for children, children are not killed for fathers. It so says it's a contradiction. And the Gemara An says, when are the sins of the father counted, put into account also for the children, if the child is going in the same path. No, it's not if he's deserving on his own, then there'll be no point in it. But he he hasn't separated himself. He, he considers the father's legacy to be his legacy. And then the logic that says that there is some connection between fathers and children is in fact morally impeccable. So i I'm interesting in the answer is that But the point is there is some logic here. However, if there's a logic here, then it has to be the logic of Din. Because we're talking first and foremost of punishments. And in punishment, there is nothing other than Din. In reward, there's reward that you are deserving, and then there's also reward, which is chesed. But there's no opposite of chesed. So if there's a principle called Boket, Avon Avot, it has to be a logically just principle. And if it's true for Avon, it's also true for chesed, for mitzvot. So there is some logic, but a logic of din, that says the children should benefit receive part of the reward which would be given to the fathers could be given to the children. But that's Din. It makes sense. There's some logic to it. As difficult as some of us may have with it, but the token considers it to be a justifiable, a matter of justice, that such a thing should be done. But in the me Midah, we're not talking about Din. we have way past Din. We've started with Chesed. And we're in the ninth Midah of Chesed. And that means we're not talking about this principle that says that children share in the reward and punishment of their fathers, when they are are following in the footsteps of their fathers. Here we're talking about not getting what you deserve because of the principle of your father, but getting more. And I think there's also hinted at in the phrase La'alafim. If it was a principle of din, if it was somehow deserved, I owe the Father, and therefore I pay the Son, then it, 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 there's a, it, it's quantifiable. How much do I owe the Father? There's an answer. So how much can be given to the Son, part of what you had to give to the Father? The word La'alafim means uh, hundreds, thousands times. Basically means multiplied. And if it's multiplied, it's very nothing. And therefore, I think we're talking about something else here—not about zechira, in order to pay back—but about something else, which is called nitzira or shmira, preservation. We have to understand what that means. Why should the child receive more? simply because he had a father and the father had chesed I'm going to try to explain what I basically think I understand but I know I'm going to have trouble putting it into words and therefore I'd like to ask you to make a special effort because I think you understand it also but you have to make an effort to, to let my words help you explain it to yourselves because I know I'm not going to do a good job now. If a person does something good, he deserves a reward. He deserves a reward from God. If God doesn't reward him right away, he'll pay the reward a year from now. How does the reward, what justifies, or what's the cause of the reward coming a year from now? The answer is memory. Remembrance. The deed is done and finished. But if God hasn't paid you today, then He'll pay you tomorrow. Why? Because He remembers. He remembers that He owes you. Okay, that's the... That's reward and punishment. That's gmul. That's paying off for good deeds and bad deeds. But there's also... We, we've discussed this a lot in the series. There's also the good of the good deed that's inherent in the good deed if you've done something good you've created value and here the question which I wish to consider which is bothering me which I want to bother you is what happened to that value when you've done something of value metaphysical value you've added something to the world but when you finish the action, where is that value? Where does it go? It's gone. I think we feel this. And the truth is that it's, it's, more, uh, it's more more associated with, with old age. People older look backwards. People younger tend to look forwards. But I, I do remember, even when I was young, I read a poem by a French medieval poet, Monsard, and there's one line which stuck in my head. If it stuck in my head, apparently it, it resonated. It's the only thing I remember from this entire, from all those readings. It's the only thing I remember from the whole course in, in French literature. And the line was Où est les neiges d'antan? Where are the snows of yesteryear? You had a minute, you had a moment. A year ago, on Yom Kippur, you. You, you, you felt the value, a closest to God. Uh, six months ago you helped someone who needed help. There was something valuable there. You know, you felt it, you held it in your hands. Where is it? Where is it gone? Is it really gone? We produce things of value and then they disappear? Now let me explain metaphysically Explanation for what this feeling, which I think all of us can feel, let me explain to you what I think is really happening here. If I build something, when I finish building, it exists. The truth is, even that doesn't exist very long. Things eventually will pass away. But still, if you if you did something, it could it could it could have some sort of permanence. But one of the points, the main point, I think I've made in the last few shiurim is that the value of what man does in the world is not in what he's produced, but in his producing it. Not in the level which you have reached, but in the fact that you have increased, that you've moved, that you've transcended, that you've come closer to God, that you've perfected. Not that you've become perfect, but that you've perfected, you're in the act of perfection, the process of perfection, that you're undergoing. The thing that you've produced, let's say you give stucker to a honey, to a poor person. So the truth is, who knows if he has it weekly. Well, let's say he does have it. So that good that he has the money is, is not an infinite good. It, it's it's in, the world, in God's world of infinite good, that doesn't add anything at all. you become a better person, but how good are you? It doesn't add. It's not a true value in the eyes of God that you are now a good person. The true value, the thing that was really in God's interest, for which the world was created, was not the level you reached, but the fact that you moved it all. And, I'm going to add a phrase now to, I think, explain that. God is perfection. But man who is transcending his imperfections is perfecting. He's in the process of perfecting. And the process, even though the starting point and the finishing point are both less, infinitely less than perfection. And therefore add nothing. But the movement, not stage number 10 or stage number 20, but the movement from 10 to 20, the plus 10 points from 10 to 20, is itself a form of perfection. It's the active movement process form of perfection we call perfecting. And that is something which is valuable in God's eyes. Because it's perfection that's not found in perfection. But if that is true, then it's totally dependent on the moment. It's possible that what I produce will endure, but my movement never endures. It's only exists. The, the, every step I take immediately disappears. It's only the, the, the second. It's not even a second. It's, it's the, the process from going from one to two. When you get to 2, that process is gone. When you get to 3, the process of getting to 2 is gone. It's totally time-dependent and therefore totally ethereal. It disappears, it vanishes like dust as you move, and surely it vanishes if you pause. So even, and I think there's a, there, there, there's a great deal of truth in saying that everything we do leaves an impression on our own souls. Okay, I, 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 can, I can see that. that, that's really true. So if you've transcended yourself, if you've imperfected yourself, if you've moved closer to God, those experiences have, have an effect on your personality. Even so, when you're dead, they're gone. So the actions of your father have not left an impression on you. But even if it's true, I still think that the true value is not the impression this has left, but the act of movement itself, the act of ascent itself looking for God man in search of God that was the value of this world and that disappears as it's produced the Ibn Ezra has a famous one-liner the past, it doesn't rhyme in English the past is gone and the future is not yet and the present just an instant. Where are the snows of yesteryear? Where is the value? God created the world for value. I produce value and then it's gone? Is that really what happens? I think the answer to that question is, logically it disappears. Bedin it disappears. But in chesed it doesn't. And the name of the chesed, which preserves the value of my... Time dependent movement is God preserves, He keeps, He watches over, He guards the Chesed for thousands of generations. Rashi said, I quoted in the beginning, Notser Chesed Shadam Oseh lefanav. God Preserves the chesed that a man does before him. What does he mean before him? A man does. Why, why is the chesed done before him, before God? I think Rashi is saying, God preserves the chesed that is done before God, meaning it's it's given to God, it's presented to God. It's like it's like a sacrifice, like a like a offering. God preserves the chesed which is placed before Him. Because the chesed we do is done in the eyes of God, and if we are transitory, God is eternity. to use the terms we used in the previous year, on emet, Rav God's emet is absolute. Our emet is tzomeach. Our emet is growing. It's in movement. But it's the same emet as God's emet. God's emet was thrown down to the ground and began to grow. So if we grow truth, if we grow any value, that's the value of God. And therefore, God can preserve it in His own life. What in our life is past, in God's life is part of the eternal present. I have a funny feeling that someone is saying in his heart, "It doesn't make any sense," and you're doubting whether even I understood what I just said. So let me let me, let me try to make it a little bit better. Let me get another stab at it man has two explanations for the word notzer. The first one is the obvious one. He doesn't even say it. He, he understands you mean it. Notzer means to watch, to guard, to preserve. Then it's just another explanation. Notzer matzmiyach. Notzer means to grow. The word we met in the last shiur, when we talked about emet me'aret titzmach, truth will grow from the earth. Ramban says, Nozer means Matzmiach, Venetzer Mishon The word netzer means a shoot, like a, a, a young green shoot of a, of a tree. Venetzer Mishon Hashav Yifre, and a shoot will flower from its roots. So the Ramban suggests that Nozer Chesed Ladafim doesn't mean he'll preserve Chesed Ladafim, but he will grow Chesed for a thousand generations. I don't think that Ramban is. These two explanations are contradictory. I think it's the same point. The chesed, which a person does in his life, is alive. It's growth. It's not the result. It's not the money in the bank. It's not the the building you built. It's the growing. And God keeps it alive. Things which are growing are alive. Their value... Is not in how big they are, but in the fact that they're growing. Being alive, you can be small, you can be big. You're not more alive if you're big. You're not less alive if you're small. You're more alive if you're growing, and you're less alive and perhaps dead if you're not. There's a line attributed to the B'al Shem Tov: "Kol Ha'olam Haba," all true life, the life of the world to come. What is true life? Is to go. From strength to strength, and from step to step, from now and forever. And he said, "If you stop moving, you're dead. Life is growing, as a man says. No chesed, God grows. Chesed for a thousand generations. He keeps the chesed alive. But as long as the chesed is kept alive, that its value exists. Now, how is that done? I think that's done by the previous point. By the previous explanation, it's the same explanation. Just a different—it's a different literal explanation. God preserves the chesed. He preserves the past and connects it to the present and to the future, and therefore we see the process. In any given instant, you are merely what you are. But if I can see how you're going from yesterday to today and from today to tomorrow, then I see the growth. Then the growth exists. I exist in time, but God keeps my life, he keeps my values connected, past to present to future. And therefore, aside from what I've done, what I haven't done, my merits and my demerits, but I'm growing. I'm in the process of growing. I'm connected to the process of growing. So God preserves the past and thereby turns my life and my connection to my forefathers' lives into growth. chesed, he preserves chesed, who matzmiah chesed, he grows the chesed. This is true in my private life, but I think it's true in our national lives as well. To the extent that I, standing on the shoulders of, of giants, continuing the historical process which began with Abraham Avinu, I add one, millimeter of growth to the height of these giants, then I'm now part of that enormous process. That's a better process than being just adding a millimeter to my own height. Here you have something which began three thousand years ago, in a world which was dead, which had no connection to God. Abrah began it, Yitzraq, Yaakov, generation after generation and you you're part of that same process. The said, you're, you're building the same thing. It's alive. And if it's alive and you're part of it, then you have the value in God's eyes of that process. How much value is that? So here I think we come to the reason why this is substantially different than the previous midot. Till now, and you might notice that we've started a new pasuk in the Torah. Rav Emet was the end of the pasuk. And not of Ches beginning of All that previous Midot, who God-weighs, you have some merits, some sins, some demerits, so we try to get the merits to outweigh the demerits. And if it doesn't work in the first try, by simple arithmetic, so God has some Chesed arithmetics, whereby whatever merits you have, whatever mitzvot you've done, can swing all of you to the good side. In notzah God isn't weighing anymore your merits and demerits. Apparently your demerits are so great they'll just outweigh any merits you have, no matter what tricks we do from the previous midot. But notzah the alafim doesn't look at what you've done. That's the process of paying you back for what you've done and paying you for the good things you've done. But now, I'm looking not at what you've done, but where you're going. And where you're going doesn't have the 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 set value, one mitzvah is worth 10 points, 10 payment points, one avey is worth 10 points, 10 demerit points. Where you're going is the value of infinity. It's the value of perfecting perfection. It's really the only real value there is. The only real value there is is God. There are no other values. We are monotheists. Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. We have no other value other than God. And if it's finite, it's not God. But the values in our life aren't finite because they're a form of perfection. Because they're alive, because they're moving. Not who you are. Who you are is not a a value. You're a good person. Not good enough. Tomorrow you'll be a better person. Still not good enough. But between today and tomorrow, you will move one inch closer to God. You're still infinitely far. But moving is perfecting. And perfecting is perfection in a time-based world. It's a value. It's not more than perfection, it's different. But it has the value of perfection. And that can save you. Even if you, when I weigh you, you are found wanting. You must be punished. And all the midot aches we had before didn't help. But if we put ourselves into the framework, not of what I've done, what I'm carrying in my hands now. But the chesed that I've done, the chesed that my father's done, which is connected to me, I am part of this process and I am continuing the movement. And then they say something, even if you're not continuing the movement, you've taken a rest. But if it's only a rest, a larger perspective says, I'm still on the journey, sometimes in a journey, you get tired, you stop. doesn't mean the journey's over. If the perspective is wide enough, from Avav Avinu, and the Goel. you're in the middle you're continuing that journey even if now you unfortunately have stopped moving but you're still committed to continuing then you have the value of moving of climbing of transcending and that value can outweigh the, the negative value the demerits that you've accumulated this is a midat chesed and that's what I think it means, Alafim. Rashi says in the Torah that Alafim means 2,000. Elef is 1,000, Alafim, the plural, is 2,000. It's based on a Gemara that compares Alafim to Shlishim of Vibayim, to three or four generations, and says that it means 2,000 generations. The men of Shagadol on this Pasuk says, alafim la Why does it say La-Alafim? Why not Elef? Why 2,000? Why, why not 1,000? It says, what does it mean 2,000? It doesn't mean 2,000. It means Alafim. It means many thousands. Le'alfei alafim d'orot. Thousands of thousands. Which, in simple language, means infinity. There's no way in Tanakh to say infinity. It's a Greek concept. But if you say thousands and thousands and thousands, you mean the largest number I can think of. And I think that's really the pshat here. It's not a drash. It's really the pshat. In fact, Rashi in Makot, in a different context, of Chav Gimel, says that that's the pshat. Not about this passage, but he says that's what it means. Alafim means uh, elef alafim. And why does it mean that? Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about infinite value. It's not going to be expended. If the process exists, then it doesn't merit ten good points, ten pieces of candy, ten checks. It's As long as you keep moving, then you're getting infinite checks, infinite value. Because it's the value of, of, of perfection, and therefore, it's la alfei meaning it's forever. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's multiplied by, by thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. It's multiplied by infinity. And that's why the word that's used here is chesed and not just mitzvot, because that's what chesed means. Chesed means the outpouring, the multiplication, the giving. Gvura is withdrawal. Chesed is producing more my cup floweth over. That's, the, that's what chesed means. Chesed is giving out to others, for, not because you owe them, but because you want to simply produce more. The world was created as chesed, as we saw in the first shiur. Yesh me'ayin, creation ex nilo, is chesed. Chesed is the movement of increasing God's presence in the world. That's the thing which has to be preserved. The fact that you did God's will, you did a good deed, so that gives you five points the fact that you did chesed, and everything we do, if it is shechina, if it is the basis for God's presence in the world, if it creates more kedusha, if it gets closer to God, and therefore there's real kedusha in the world. Because when I do perfecting, it's equivalent to God's perfection. It's part, It becomes part of God. That's chesed. That's what the word chesed means. So it's, no chesed, the movement, the giving to God, more of himself. I increase God's presence. When I become better, God becomes more, so to speak. And therefore, the good that I produced is not my good, it's God's good. And if it's God's good, then it's one, eternal, and two, it's of infinite value. That's not chesed la alafim. And as we try to say at the end of every shiur, what does this say about you? What what do you have to, what's your kavana? What's what's in your mind when you say this? I think there's only one simple point here. Aside from understanding the words, I hope I understood it correctly. You cannot appeal to he who is, notzer chesed lalafim, if you don't, in fact, have a commitment to being part of this process which began with Avraham Avinu. if you come to God and you say, look God, I have some good deeds, I have some bad deeds, I have some good deeds. That's the previous me Here, not the so is saying this to God. He's saying, God, I don't have any good deeds. At least, I'm not presenting them. But what I do have is a commitment to becoming better. I'm, I'm not good now at all. There's nothing in my life I would care for you to examine and therefore decide what to do with me. It's pretty worthless, but I'm committed to making it better tomorrow. And if it's chastayavot, Zocher notzer chesed lalafim, I'm committed to making it better because I'm trying to increase, I'm trying to maintain, I'm trying to further the movement which Avama Avinu began. You have to be committed to being, even if you're tired and standing still, even if you're no good, but you're committed to keeping Avama Avinu's car, on the run. That commitment is what makes it possible then to turn to God and say, okay, the chesed that was done a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, the chesed that I did twenty years ago, tinso, save it, guard it, preserve it, connect it to my life, connect it to my future, and view me in the prism of process, infinite value, and not in the scale of good deeds against bad deeds. My situation might be bad, but it's getting better. And if it's getting better, then it's part of the great movement, which we call Yiddishkeit, began by Vamavino and stretching out over the generations. I want to take this opportunity, if you've heard this in time, when it was first put, on, put up, it's before Rosh Hashanah. In any event, I'm speaking before Rosh Hashanah. I want to wish you all, k'tiva Vachatimah Tova, L'artair L'chayim Tovim, L'shalom. To each one of you, a good year. And to Klal Yisrael, Shnat Chaim, Shnat Osher, Shnat Shalom, Shnat Gula. We have two more midot. We'll be back next week, the week of the Setchumet Shuvah. First, nasei Avon, and then Menakeh. As it turns out, Midot, which are closer connected to Yom Kippur than the previous Midot. And therefore, there will be two more broadcasts next week, and we'll finish before Yom Kippur. Shana Tova b'chol